<clears throat> so this is another great panel and uh, I'm delighted to uh, welcome you to uh, the panel that talks about Greek sovereign financial and corporate bonds as a funding mechanism and as an investment opportunity. We have this panel every year and we have it because it's on a key topic. I would like to thank Apostolos Boudzinis, the partner at Milbank, for spearheading the effort for this panel and for uh, sponsoring it and doing it uh, every year so expertly. And of course, I'm delighted to, to have with us uh, friends and uh, loyal supporters of our forum and our efforts. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Goldman Sachs uh, for uh, their support every year. Of course, I'd like to thank Nomura, National Bank of Greece, Hellenic Petroleum, and we would not forget, of course, Dimitri Tsakonas from the uh, public debt uh, agency. So thank you all. Uh, again, thank you. Particular thanks to uh, Goldman and Nomura for being uh, among the key sponsors of the event. And Apostole, thank you again. The floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you, Nikos. Uh, I am, of course, uh, delighted and, and grateful to be presenting the panel on capital markets one more time uh, with such a distinguished uh, group of panelists. Uh, a very brief introduction from me, just to set the scene, and then we'll, we'll hear it from, from the members of our panel so expertly. Uh, what a year it has been for international capital markets. Uh, in March, the entire world, uh, including finance, seized up and stopped functioning briefly uh, uh, until it became clear that the world would go on and then financial markets, including the debt markets or primarily the debt markets came back with a strength and a resilience that we haven't seen uh, many times before. Against a virtual standstill of economic activity in many industries and parts of the world, capital markets uh, provided the necessary liquidity to get the world going. Uh, let me give you a couple of statistics. Year to date, corporates have raised in excess of $3.5 trillion in the international capital markets, more than in any other year in history. Uh, that includes both investment grade and high yield. Which, which both classes have set records uh, with 2.4 trillion for investment grade and 500 billion of issuance for high yield respectively. The equity markets have also been very strong. Uh, this boom in capital markets is continuing uh, right through December. It's global in nature. We don't see any sign of weakness in any major capital market. Uh, and has led to a significant reduction in the cost of capital and, um, uh, and uh, facilitated the restoration of balance sheets and the creation of cash reserves across industries, sovereigns, markets, regions. Uh, at my firm, just, just last week, we priced uh, three or four deals at all times low. Uh, we are witnessing uh, a... Um, uh, a condition whereby defaults uh, are not significantly rising. Uh, companies are able to refinance the debt relatively easily. And uh, we are seeing, of course, enormous amount of government liquidity 
being created. I, I read in, in The Economist uh, a few days ago that approximately 20% of all money in circulation today have been created in the last year. Now, is this boom sustainable? What explains it? What does it mean for markets, for sovereigns, for financial issuers, for corporates? Of course, what does it mean for Greece? It's sovereign debt, it's banks, and it's broader corporate sector. To this and, and, and uh, some other questions, the answers and insights will come from five uh, leading market participants that I have the pleasure of introducing. Uh, Morven Jones, head of EMEA Debt Capital Markets Origination at Nomura. Uh, Vasilis Kochiras, head of Capital Markets and Structural Finance at the National Bank of Greece. Dimitris Kofitsas, executive director uh, in the investment banking group of Goldman Sachs. Mr. Vasilis Chaitas, head of investor relations at uh, Hellenic Petroleum. And last but not least, Mr. Dimitris Chakonas, the director general of the Public Debt Management Agency. Now, without any further, I'm going to uh, go to Morven first. Morven, you are obviously an international banker, a key operator in one of the major global banks. You have, you have a global and regional perspective. Please give us a summary view of international debt market conditions and, and the key trends of, of the last year and, and uh, the expected market environment at the beginning of 2021. Okay, thanks very much and good afternoon, everybody. Good morning, um, if you're in, uh, in the US. Um, great to be back on the panel, if, um, even if it's uh, in virtual format rather than physical format. Um, but look, as, as has been outlined, um, it really has been a topsy-turvy year um, for the markets uh, and, and for the debt markets in particular. Um, I won't go over the background. I think we know, uh, we know the reasons for it. Um, what I would say is that when the um, when the, uh, the crisis or the COVID crisis uh, really came to the fore in March and, and many countries went into, uh, into lockdown and we were no exception here in London. Um, I remember, you know, we, we, going back to my, uh, my uh, you know, bedroom at home and, and getting onto the, the computer and really wondering how on earth we were going to make this, <laughs> keep the machine uh, working. Um, and uh, I think amazingly, um, you know, everybody adapted very, very quickly um, to this new um, to this new environment. Um, but from the, I think, from the perspective of the markets, obviously, we we clearly had a wobble um, uh, in uh, in March, April. Tons of volatility, as you would expect, um, given the level of uncertainty and the fact that I don't think we'd ever seen um, uh, ever uh, a situation where essentially we shut the global economy in one go. Um, I don't think any organization would have in its business plan that sort of, um, that sort of expectation. Um, and so we really were looking into the, um, into the unknown. Um, I think the good news, of course, is that um, having learned the lessons of the last global financial crisis, um, and I think the stars of the show, quite frankly, um, are the central banks who uh, I moved very, very quickly and in size, wherever you look, um, to immediately support the market. And, and there's no question that I think the speed at which they did that had a material effect on, on the fact of limiting you know, the volatility and market access uh, for many companies and, and issuers globally. Um, uh, as, as you said, um, issue volumes this year have, have skyrocketed. Um, I mean, I think in percentage terms, year on year, 
uh, based on the numbers that you were quoting, you know, the corporate supply is up nearly 50%, public sector supply is up over 60%. Um, the one exception actually is the financial institution sector, which uh, has not been uh, very busy this year in relative terms, um, only up about 5%. And I think that that is mainly the result of, of obvious, and people will talk about that a bit later, but um, you know, main, mainly the result of obviously lower funding opportunities on the one hand, but also um, the opportunity to raise cheap money through the central bank uh, uh, mechanisms rather than through the um, rather than through the markets. I'm sure Vasilis will make a couple of comments on that. Um, but you know, the 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 irony really is that we've had these incredibly diff this incredibly difficult backdrop in terms of economic fundamentals, and yet and yet again. Uh, we've had arguably, uh, and dare I say it, the best issue conditions um, for the for the global capital markets. Um, uh, whichever way you look, um, issuers have been able to raise money in size. And it's fair to say that if you look at some of the big um, sovereign issuers or agency issuers, um, they've just been raising money in, in on a scale which we've not seen before in terms of the amount raised you know, in a single visit to the market. Um, and the market has been incredibly supportive. Investors have been incredibly confident on the, on the back of uh, uh, quantitative easing, central bank support on the one hand, and of course also a pretty benign um, uh, inflationary outlook given the fact that growth obviously is at a very low level. Um, and if anything, the struggle is to find inflation rather than to um, rather than to fight it. So um, really, uh, you know, fantastic conditions actually from a debt issuance point of view, uh, uh, unfortunately against the backdrop of a very difficult um, environment for the, um, for the world in general. Um, I'll, I'll stop there because I'm sure that um, uh, Dimitri uh, from the PDMA will want to talk about the specific experience of Greece, which has been, again, very, very impressive when you look at the um, the performance of interest rates and spreads for the uh, for the Greek government. Well, th thank you for the assist. Uh, yes, in indeed, it's, it's Dimitri that I want to go uh, next. Uh, Dimitri, uh, uh, really, we are all very interested in hearing your thoughts on, on two issues primarily. First of all, the key trends in 2020 and how they have affected all of these things that we're talking about your job at managing the sovereign debt of the Republic. And, and of course, in that summary, if you can help us understand and or explain the extraordinary performance of, uh, of GGBs uh, this, this last year, I think we'll, be, we'll all be very interested in that. Thank you very much, Apostle. Uh, and uh, yes, indeed, uh, I, I always refer something like a joke to the to the current conditions as a joke saying that pandemic looks like a god for Greece. Even God does not exist, uh, we should invent him. So Greece's borrowing in 2020 had nothing to do with meeting gross financing needs. Thanks to our Hellenic Republic uh, uh, high cost reserves. In fact, Hellenic Republic is one of a few sovereigns not to have increased essentially its funding requirements at all this year, preferring simply to redirect, to reallocate the proceeds, the borrowing proceeds towards projects designed to alleviate the worst of the effects of the pandemic. 
from a government debt perspective, this year has been sensational for Greece. The 10-year GDP versus boom, the spread of the 10-year GDP versus boom, has tightened more than any of its peers, of Greece's peers. And the average spread for 2020 is more than 120 basis points lower than the average for 2029. On top of this, and on top of Greece's commitment to implementing structural reforms, the ECB's Pandemic Emergency Purchase Program, the so-called PPP, is largely responsible for this year's performance. The ECB has already purchased under the program an amount of GDPs that is approximately 30% of, of Greece's capital key allocation. Based on the new ECB's decisions, there is an amount approximate of approximately 20 billion, roughly speaking, which could be additionally absorbed by ECB. You may understand that regarding GDPs market, we have achieved a good balance of supply and demand due to the PPP. So we will calibrate our issuance activity to offset the ECB's continued purchases and maintain this, that balance. This will be the PDMA's approach to Hellenic Republic's funding for the next 12 months. We have not yet finalized our funding strategy for 2021 regarding how much we will issue over that period, but our primary objective is to capitalize on the ECB's PEP, PEPP, in order to finalize our efforts to rebuild a liquid yield curve. This is a project that has been designed since 2012, December 2012, immediately after the so-called buyback. The aforementioned funding strategy will be publicly available shortly, as always, in a couple of days or even weeks, after the ratification of the Greek state budget by the Greek parliament, and definitely before year-end. PDMA will continue issuing to fill in the gaps remaining and hopefully to extend the curve, depending on market conditions and, as always say, I say, investors' appetite. In order for this target to be achieved, perhaps we need to find space for further funding activity stabilizing, if possible, even the nominal debt. We need also to take the opportunity to reduce the role of the risk. For example, by buying back outstanding debt, both tradable and non-tradable, that matures within, within the next one to two years. All the aforementioned activity in which we could incorporate liability management exercise, prepayments of official sectors debt, reverse auctions, and if, why not, reduction of the bill of the outstanding amount of the bills, etc., in combination with further extension of the maturity profile, will take place, as I mentioned before, within the next 12 months period, i.e. till the end of 2021. This is a prudent approach for the public debt and cash management, because I need to stress that we have a, a, a holistic approach regarding the public debt management and the cash management. Since using additionally the amount of cash reserves in excess in the most efficient way for the upfront reduction of the next two years gross financing needs, as I mentioned before, targeting also, if possible, in stabilizing, if not reducing, the nominal amount of public debt, making the debt more sustainable despite meeting fiscal targets. In other words, we want to provide the necessary confidence 
to institutions, rating agencies, and the investors' community that, that Greece will meet its debt obligations under all circumstances. We believe that uh, in the end, this policy will lead further down GDP's yields and spreads, providing also what we call a healthy steepness in the yield curve. Thanks. Dimitri, one, one uh, follow-up question here for me. Uh, this, was, this was clear. To, to, I think a lot of people may be asking themselves to what extent you are building a buffer, like in, in, in simple terms, you're building a buffer for perhaps a reduced tax receipts or increased expenditure that the, the situation is creating for Greece. And, and you're coming in to fill in that gap by way of a buffer. Are you taking that into account in your management? Look, we have plenty of cash reserves, as I always mention. I, we have cash reserves, but, but, but you know, without doing anything in the upcoming 12 months, in the end of 2021, we will be in a position to have at least 20 billion of cash reserves, taking into account extremely conservative assumptions, i.e. Amortization, uh, amortizations and interest payments, plus uh, a primary deficit that, uh, according to our extremely conservative assumptions, will be much higher than what, what is uh, depicted and uh, written in the Greek state budget, we will be in a position to preserve the, most, the, the, the biggest part of our existing cash reserves. But on the other side, as I stressed earlier, we need to keep our continuous presence in the capital markets. We need to provide with supply, more supply of what we call Greek tradable debt. Why? Because we want to increase the liquidity in the secondary market. Let me tell you and let me stress that as far as the liquidity, the daily turnovers, we have uh, 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 more than four times the daily turnover increased compared to a year ago. Not only EH does the electronic, the Greek electronic platform based in the Bank of Greece, but in the platforms. This was done mainly due to, uh, let's say, uh, the, the, the additional supply that the Hellenic public and more, 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 uh, especially the PDMA has provided so far. Please bear in mind what we did in October and in September, we reopened the 10-year and the 15-year bond issuance uh, in an effort to build or to provide to the investors community two additional benchmark points across the maturity spectrum with sufficient liquidity that it is similar to other Eurozone peers and makes our uh, yield curve looks like a Eurozone one than a Balkan one. So this provides a lot of liquidity, provided a lot of liquidity, this will be our target for the next year, plus the extension of the yield curve, because we think and we believe that the mission of the, Hellenic, of the PDMA is not only to raise funds in order to cover the gross financing needs of the Hellenic public, which is not the case, as I mentioned before, but rather is to rebuild the yield curve, to provide more liquidity, to reduce the bid-offer spreads, making our uh, securities more attractive to investors' community, increasing the tradable debt and the tradability, if you allow me to say, of our debt, reducing the volatility, reducing the spreads versus Bund or versus other Eurozone peers, 
and in other words, having a yield curve, totally brand new uh, uh, yield curve lo with low yields, because the most important factor in order to find the fair value of all Greek assets is the yield curve and the discount rates. This is the contribution, this is the valuable contribution of Greek funding activity, of Greece's funding activity, and more precisely of PDMA's funding activity as far as the Greek economy uh, as a whole is, is concerned. Thank you, Dimitri. That, that, that was in addition to the trends. I found uh, your uh, description of your role and the function of the PDMA and, and all of the key objectives of PDMA very enlightening and very splendid. So thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Dimitri, um, uh, your firm and, and your colleagues and you guys are, are very active in, in capital markets on, on of course, uh, on both sides of the Atlantic and, and you're also following closely uh, key developments in Greece. Uh, I'd like to, to hear from you your insights and, and your thoughts about Greece, the, how Greece has and Greek issuers have navigated global market conditions in 2020. Have they been successful or unsuccessful? And, and also what explains the rather cautious stance of both financial institution issuers and, and corporates in 2020. Uh, we saw how uh, internationally a lot of activity happened in 2020 for international capital markets. I think it's fair to say Greek issuers have been rather cautious and rather quiet. Um, and and may, maybe uh, some thoughts from you as to why that is as part of your overall statement. Uh, Apostolith, thank you very much for the question and um, great to see all the panelists again this year. So let me start by saying that um, Greece, you know, in the eyes of international investors who, you know, invest in the core eurozone, um, it remains, you know, a high beta country. And the reason is because, you know, our rating is double B, double B minus area. And because, of course, the eight-year crisis that we had uh, 2010, 2018. So looking back in, in March and April, um, we saw, you know, a, you know, a, quite a big sell-off on, on bond equity and bond prices in Greece. Um, but if you look in actually the numbers today, Greece has managed to recover significantly and the equity and bond market have actually performed quite well across obviously the sovereign, as Dimitri said, and also the banks and the corporates. Um, and, and I think, you know, the number of reasons why, why this has happened, right? First of all, um, there is strong policy support, you know, from, from, from the government, there's a targeted and swift response to the sectors who have been impacted by COVID. There is the ECB, who's a, you know, a big you know, pillar of support for the economy, both for the PDMA and for the you know, sovereign issuance, but also for, for the Greek banks providing you know, funding through TLTRO and, and other basic liquidity schemes. Um, the other point that's important is, is that Greece has a strong following from international investors who basically know the country very well, have, invest, have invested the time over the past years, know Vasilis and Vasilis quite well through the Rodsos and Dimitris, and they basically, um, they found a big opportunity during the sell-off when the tourist money left. There was some sell-off in March, in April, on, you know, corporate high yield bonds and, and you know, the bank, uh, the bank tier twos, uh, were basically these investors who follow the country, understand that, you know, that the, the outlook is very robust. They basically managed to, um, to, to make very, very good profits. 
Now, um, so I think overall, to answer your question, I think Greece has successfully navigated, you know, 2020, despite our emerging market, let's say, characteristics for, for these reasons. And the output is going to be even stronger in 2021. Um, now, with regards to the capital market issuance, you're right that, um, um, you, know, it has, you know, the activity was slower on the corporate side. Um, but if you see the total numbers, and perhaps the sovereign um, skews the numbers a bit, is, is, you know, from Greek issuers, sovereign, fig, and corporates, we had 14 billion issuance in European markets 2020 versus 12 in 2019. However, we had 3 billion in 19 from corporate high yield and only 700 million in 2020. So we got a 70% drop as you said, in corporate high yield supply. And I'll explain why. On the fixed side, we had actually, you know, one and a half billion of issuance, you know, two tier twos, Alpha Imperials early, early this year and, and the Greek um, and, and MBGs, the first green senior preferred bond in 2020 as well. So I think on the fixed side, we are performing quite well versus what's happening in the European fixed space. On the corporates um, and, and Vasilis from Helpec can talk, talk about this a bit more, I think a number of reasons why we didn't see issuance, uh, despite the big, you know, the big um, support and the big basically sentiment by, by the sovereign and the banks, is first of all, we had a very strong 2019 year. So we had six issuers coming in the market in 2019. Um, so it's normal to have a slowdown in 20, right? That's number one. Number two is um, uh, there was no major refinancing needs 2020 for the Greek corporates and the Greek banks, in of MEG knows very well, are a big supporters that have a lot of liquidity to support, you know, Greek companies. So my competition sometimes, you know, or your competition apostolate is, is MBG or, you know, other banks that, you know, give basically attractive loans to, to, to corporates, right? So I think this is normal in crisis. People want to go to their leisure banks, raise financing versus capital markets, right? Um, and the other reason I think is that um, our Greek corporates remain in investing grade. We are in the double B, B plus area. And if you see um, the sub IG versus investment grade space 2020, issuance has been lower because there is no ECB support, right? In sub IG, right? Um, so it's, it, I think this is normal, um, what we've seen in 2020 for the Greek corporates. Um, but I expect, and we can talk about this later, a, a vast, a big rebound as good one, both from the sovereign, the, the, the banks, and, and the corporates. Thank you, Dimitri. Uh, I think on, on, a, on a positive note, on a positive concluding note uh, from you, I'll, I'll pass on to Vasily uh, from NBG. Um, I, I think with your heart as a financial institution issuer, Vasily, uh, if you can just summarize for us your experience this year for the environment for bank issuances, um, what what can we learn from the transactions of 2020 and uh, the key investor considerations? And also, please a, a comment on your uh, on the MB, on the MBG's recent green bond that I, I understand you led that will also be uh, quite welcome. Thank you very much. First of all, it is a real pleasure of being at this panel. And I think that one of the best things of this panel is the fact that uh, the speakers are more or less the same every year. 
but what we provide is sort of an outlook. And when you come at the next year and this outlook has been met, this is adding something on the credibility of the country, consistency. And uh, this is very important for a country that has been through uh, of what we have been. So, for example, you look at uh, Dimitri's Tsarkonas uh, speech every year, you see exactly that not even he achieved what he has promised and delivered it, but also get it on uh, a higher level uh, even. And the same I wish we are doing for the Greek banking sector. So the year was very, it was a great uh, start. We had the two instances of tier twos from the Alpha Bank and Piraeus Bank with great success in terms of yield and oversubscription, close to 4 billion each. Uh, but all, then all out of the sudden, uh, we had this, uh, I would say, uh, disruption which came very abruptly to the recovery. And when this started for the Greek banks, a new wave of considerations and skepticism came uh, about our asset quality, about uh, the strength of the country. What I believe the investors haven't priced in at this stage was that this time, Greece was not the problem or the uh, black sea. And we had the opportunity to experience the support of the temporary measures and other measures from the regulators to all fronts. We highlight the inclusion of the GGBs uh, to the PEP and the ECB actually buying. And that gave an enormous boost because if you learn to live on your own forces and powers through a very difficult period of crisis, when you actually get assistance, then uh, the leverage you get is much higher. I would only say that uh, as um, a Greek financial sector, with all the measures taken, we managed to increase our uh, take up on the TLTRO to close to 40 billion out of, because of, of all the relaxation of the collaterals, etc. This is not only cheap funding, this is essentially uh, subsidizing our PNL through the TLTRO. Then that we started realizing that we had the opportunity to go out of the markets and we wanted to give a signal as MBG that we can issue, we can refinance uh, our cover bond that we had at the market before it expires through the market and not using the money of the regulator as a signal that, yes, we appreciate the assistance and we're not going to over uh, utilize it. And we issued the first green senior uh, preferred bond for Greece and uh, the financial sector uh, we were working on it the whole year. It took us a, a lot of, of time preparing a green bond framework. And we managed to highlight uh, the commitment of MBG to the renewable energy sector and general uh, the energy sector, plus um, the fact that we can go and land on uh, six uh, years maturity at the same level where we issued our cover bond in 2017. So we moved a huge step from secure debt, non-bailinable to embryo instrument uh, with the same course. And that showcases how conditions and progress has been met. Nonetheless, investors, they have a lot of um, 
still issues. If you have noticed throughout the crisis, after the first jump of our TR2s, our TR2s were still yielding for a prolonged period of time at, I would say, high levels for MBG, uh, close to 758%. And the reasons for uh, also for the Green Senior Preferred that we had the least amount of investors versus our cover bond and our tier two was that investors were actually asking for more uh, enhancement of our capital structure throughout the layers. So for tier twos, senior non-preferred, uh, asking for better ratings because when your tier two is actually having almost the same rating with your senior preferred, that actually means for some investors that I prefer to buy the tier two and get three times that um, uh, return rather than going uh, to the um, uh, senior preferred. And um, for the green element, we faced again one drawback from the rating that a lot of the investors that they were very keen on participating due to our rating, they couldn't. Uh, something that didn't went, uh, didn't, uh, wasn't the case for EBRD, that they supported heavily the transaction. So I would say we have a lot to improve. I think that the market is very hot for tier twos, for cover bonds, since they have the investment grade, but still for the senior preferred space, you need to do a lot of work. Thank you, Vasily. I think needless to say, a lot is at stake in the financial sector in the sense that uh, it, 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 is, it, is fun, it would be fantastic to get all of this liquidity into the Greek banking system from international markets so that the Greek banks can play the role in continuing to finance the economy and expanding their, uh, their lending base in the Greek economy, which would be desperately needed for recovery in 2021 and beyond. So very important, uh, all of the points that you, that you raised for that. Um, Vasily Chaita, last but not least, you are the pure corporate issuer, issuer in this panel. So we, we are very much looking forward to your observations on the uh, issuing environment. How, do, how did you operate in 2020? Um, what was your experience? And in, in fact, you were one of the few exceptions of Greek issuers who actually accessed the market in 2020. So you had first-hand experience of transaction, transacting in this type of market. And we, we're very much looking forward to, uh, to learning from you what you can share with us. Thank you, Apostle, and many thanks to Capital Link for hosting us for one more year. And good morning and, or good afternoon, depending on your time zone, to all of you watching us. So 2020, as a general market comment, 2020 has been a very special year as all fellow speakers uh, noted, uh, marked by the overriding impact of uh, COVID-19 across markets, industries, and geographies. Following the initial shock in the markets, authorities' reaction both on monetary and fiscal front was prompt. And uh, thereafter, market conditions normalized and access to funding has been largely restored pretty much for all sectors. Uh, I think it's important to say that even companies whose business models faced existential crisis, with revenues almost disappearing and a very weak and uncertain outlook in terms of consumer behavior, especially before the vaccine news came out. 
were able after the first weeks were able to seek funding from capital markets after the first weeks of the of the turmoil. So we could say that um, overall, investor community considered the impact of the crisis as a one-off, quote unquote, and the expectation was that things would sooner or later revert to some kind of normality, which we now hope to happen in the first months of uh, 21. Uh, an example, a good example, I would say, uh, is the is the oil and gas sector. If you look, uh, it's, it, and oil and gas was among those sectors that were hardly hit uh, by the crisis. And issuance levels exceeded significantly those of uh, 2019, if you look on the high yield space, for example. Moving on to Greek corporates, uh, as it was also uh, marked before, most of them uh, were already well capitalized, following a very active 2019 in terms of uh, new issuance, especially in the second half of the year, as well as the support they received from the Greek banking system already from the first weeks of the, of the crisis. As a result of that, you know, just a couple of companies tested the markets in 2020 and more opportunistically, if I could say. Uh, in our case, in our transaction, given that sufficient liquidity was available, just like everybody else in the market and following our 500 uh, uh, million uh, 24, uh, 2024 issue in October 2019, our last transaction was not in our plans, neither before COVID, not after the pandemic erupted. Last February, as you may recall, we announced the acquisition of a 204 megawatt photovoltaic project at Kozan in Northern Greece from German renewable projects uh, developer UV. That was a key step in our renewables growth agenda. And after the acquisition, we soon started considering funding opportunities for the project with a lot of interest, I have to say, from capital providers, uh, IFIs, uh, Greek banks, uh, international banks, and so on and so forth. I mean, you understand that this project was among the very attractive given its size and the importance in the, in the region and the country as a whole. Two months ago, we issued a read-up on our existing 24 nodes. We took advantage of the prospectus directive that enables the issuance of up to 20% of the outstanding nodes without the need of a prospectus, as long as you target the placement uh, to selected investors, as we did in our case. The key benefits of that transaction uh, for a small size uh, comparing to other previous um, issues was the ability to execute very quickly in order to have the funds in place as soon as the acquisition closed. Pricing was also very attractive, uh, slightly above our benchmark transaction last year, which, you know, considering how much the world has changed since then, uh, was overall a very good outcome, we believe. It also signified market confidence on the company strategy and outlook despite the unprecedented conditions that our industry, especially our, our, our core activity, faced during the year. Furthermore, we're able to accommodate investors like the EBRD that have been supporting us in previous transactions or a long-term relationship. They exhibited strong appetite uh, and interest for the specific project and were not able to participate in uh, last year's issue. But, so, Vasily, yep. I, would, I would like to, uh, to perhaps Put a put a, a footnote there and stop you for because we are running out of time. I, I would like if I would like if possible uh, for you to conclude in thirty seconds, perhaps with your outlook for next year, and then and then Dimitris thirty seconds and and uh, Morven and Vasilis thirty seconds each for like the outlook of twenty twenty one because we are running out of time. Sure. Uh, I guess, you know, another important event for 2020 is, is uh, uh, the emergence of, of ESG agenda. And this is something that 
will uh, be uh, in the focus uh, for uh, in in, in 21. I guess markets will be largely driven by developments on um, on, uh, on on COVID-19 once again, and uh, and the reaction and the support of uh, of, of authorities, uh, as well as the recovery uh, on our business models. So. I guess remain to watch what will happen. Thank you, Apostle. Thank you. And over to you. Thank you. Uh, Dimitri, Morven, and Vasily, maybe a concluding thought for the outlook for next year for 20 seconds. Uh, okay, you're so, referring to um, me. Uh, first, Dimitri. Uh, sorry, Dimitri, would you like to go first? Go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm trying to figure out who is the Dimitri. <laughs> me <laughs> or the computers. So 30 seconds, I think 2021 um, it will be, the, the, I think the Greek companies should play offense after 10 years of defense because of the crisis. We should uh, increase the present capital markets. The sovereign should offer, and this advice to PDMA, more duration to the market and more size to the market. The Greek companies should go to the capital market despite, you know, maybe it will be more expensive than traditional bank loans. But I repeat myself, it's a year to play offense, not defense. Check on us, if you, if you want to conclude. And then Morven and then Vasilis. Uh, just a motto of ours, the best is yet to come. We're not going to provide with any nasty surprise investors community, but we're here in order to preserve uh, European taxpayers in which we include Greek taxpayers' uh, uh, interests and uh, also uh, to preserve the, uh, uh, the investors' interests. So, indeed, we buy all of the arguments that I have heard so far. Uh, that's why we're here, to fill in the gaps of the maturity spectrum, to expand uh, the maturity of our, uh, of our uh, yield curve. Uh, everything depends on market conditions and investors' appetite. That's all from my side. Thank you. Morven? Yeah, so from my side, I think the message is similar. I, I would say absolutely make the most of the uh, conditions early in the year. I think it really is as good as it gets um, and likely not likely to carry on given the, the central bank support. Um, but but away from that, and, and I think people should make the most of that, uh, just a few wild cards to, to think about and throw in um, to balance the, the argument. Um, it's just a question really. Do asset prices really reflect reality, whether that's uh, credit, whether it's equities? Um, I think we've all dismissed inflation. Um, for those of us old enough, um, I do remember it from the, uh, from, from the 70s. Um, it does exist. Maybe, it's, uh, maybe it has died, but I think that's a bit of a wild card uh, to think about. Um, but yeah, certainly at the moment, um, uh, uh, money is very cheap. Your, your, the final thoughts. My final thoughts is that uh, in 2017 we were saying we need to follow the Irish example. Now I think that we should call it. We need to follow the Italian example. And what Italians can't avoid, you definitely can't avoid it. Meaning, for example, for Greek banks, Emre. Uh, what Italian banks can do, most probably you have high chances to replicate. And this is on the solutions on the MPs. So I think that it's very important that we are working such as the Italian institutions doing, their government, Bank of Italy, systemic banks, uh, the debt uh, management office they have, 
and all of us together in Greece the same way to support to go out with the maximum uh, flexibility and solutions. Thank you. I'm grateful to all of you. Uh, Nico Bornozzi, uh, over to you. All I want to say is thank you. Great panel as every year. Tremendous insight. Thank you very, very much to all of you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you.